Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time, it's time for, for couples, couples therapy. therapy. Wait, I didn't. Did you say you were going to say the last part or we were going to do it together? We we're going to do it together. Okay, so that's what we did. We did it. I think. Okay, so I, we actually did it perfectly. Yeah, no notes. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling to messy situations and conscious and coupling from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu they gon' talk about it ah yeah you are invited ah needing therapy I guarantee baby we got it it's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. And my name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of questions from a couple of listeners. Ain't that the tooth, <laughs> sister girl? Uh, oh, boy. We just, we literally just ended the uh, the special Twitch show, the Couples Therapy Quarantine Party colon Mental Health Check-In Twitch Show. It was a wonderful time, with one glaring exception, and that was... Mabel spending literally the entire hour running around the apartment licking up fuzz from the ground. At one point, she went behind the TV and I had to free her from a tangle of cords. (laughs) It was so wild. It It is like, sorry, you go on. Well, we just chilling the whole dang day. And then the moment we got to do something. We got company over, so to speak. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, it's like the minute she hears open your hearts, loosen your butts. She's like, time to fucking go off. (laughs) Time to fuck shit up. (laughs) That's like her. Do you think maybe, Naomi, not to like think that she's like the Manchurian candidate or Mm -hmm. something, but do you think that was a code word for her in uh, her former owner? 
using the word butts maybe <laughs> yeah the hearts and butts, butts. If, they, if she hears hearts and butts she's like oh time yeah. to go crazy flip a switch time to go ham <laughs> john ham when did where did that even come from the phrase go ham i do not know because it's like if anyone listening knows, please tell me. I don't feel like searching the internet. So just tell me, and whatever you say, I believe. <laughs> well, it comes from uh, pork farmers <laughs> exactly. in the nineteen thirties dust bowl. I get what it is to pig out. Mm-hmm. You do sure eat like a big old pig. Sure, but to go ham, ham is meat. <laughs> you sounded so much like Jerry Blank there. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Pizza, pizza, pizza. So, uh, folks, uh, we got uh, comments. Mm-hmm. We get comments all the time. I can't play them all. No, we can't. But there are only so many hours in a day, okay? <laughs> but I, I do try to. Uh, I will say this too, by the way. If you are going to call in t- to either leave a comment or a voicemail advice question, try to do it from like a quiet place, from uh, knowing like uh, that the cell connection is pretty good. Because there have been a couple recently where like it was just. I couldn't hear it. Right. And you it was just maybe like too... do it while you're watching A Quiet Place because that's actually a pretty <laughs> silent film. <laughs> or like go to the top of a cell tower near your yes, house. Climb to the top of a cell tower. Because there, and I feel, I, it really does like break my heart a little bit because I'm like, oh, someone's calling right. and, and being kind of vulnerable. Yeah, totally. And it's just like, <sighs> my dad, <sighs> my soul. I feel bad because you, do, you don't know. You just think we've rejected your question. Right. Right, right, right. I will tell you this. If it if your question is clear, we will use it on the show at some point. At some point. At some point. Yeah. All right. But uh, so if you remember Pat Regan's episode. I never uh, forget. A caller had called in and they said that uh, they have just come out as non-binary mm-hmm. and they want to know the best way to tell their coworkers. They, they work in a pretty mm-hmm. corporate oh, environment. Yeah, yeah. How do they tell their coworkers? Right. The pronouns. Uh, the pronouns. And we had some ideas. Uh, some other people had some ideas so let me read this this came to us i think from instagram hi andy and naomi i love your podcast i never thought i'd send anything in but i was listening to the dilemma of the most recent episode regarding pronouns and i actually had a recent experience with this a good way to quote unquote come out without putting in too much emotional labor is putting your pronouns in their email signature especially in a remote work environment it's a clear way to show how they wish to be addressed Mm, mm mm-hmm uh, as for the recent experience, if interested, a client put their pronouns in their signature and my conservative boss was baffled by this. <laughs> I ended up doing the emotional labor in this scenario to walk him through, but, and then the uh, shruggy lady uh-huh. emoji. <laughs> anyway, I hope the caller finds a solution that works best for them. Also, if they are in the US, the great res- <laughs> the great resignation is happening. So make your boss uncomfortable. We're all unstaffed. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> what could they really do about it? <laughs> that is uh, real talk. XO. XO. Uh, okay. And then uh, we got a voicemail. Oh, we love it. So listen to this. Hi, Andy and Naomi and illustrious guest. Um, I just paused the episode with Pat Reagan to um, share my insight on the listener who called in asking about their pronoun update while working in a corporate space. Um, I am also non-binary. Um, I use they, them pronouns, and I also present very femme and work in a corporate space. And I was very fortunate when I started in this role a few months ago that I started out with my pronouns, and I'm in a space where that was receptive. However, I do work with um, 
finance adults, I guess, old finance people. So it is new for them. But what I have found was very helpful, um, which is sort of a kudos to my boss of taking the time to ask me about it. I was able to ask him how he suggested or how he would suggest I bring it up in meetings where we have external uh, sort of shareholders that we're speaking with. And he said that he would take that on as his responsibility um, and introduce me with my pronouns, which he does still do. And that was very nice. Um, but in times where he wasn't around as much and I could hear my coworkers misgendering me a lot, uh, what I ended up doing when it kind of reached the point where I realized they weren't correcting themselves is at the end of a meeting, I just said, hey, uh, I know, uh, like, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for doing their best with my pronouns. I know it's new to a lot of you. And if you ever have any questions about how to use they, them pronouns, or in your case, they, she pronouns, or whatever your new pronouns are, um, feel free to ask me. And I know that's hard when you're not uh, feeling as confident in it. But being able to share uh, a link with them is really good. But I sort of found that just sort of putting a little bit of gratitude in. Honestly, it made them feel awkward enough that they just fixed it right away, but it didn't make the situation awkward, if that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, my two cents on that is just thank everyone for doing their best and for continuing to work on themselves learning. And I hope that helps a little bit. Maybe it doesn't, but you're not alone in being a non-binary corporate person. So just figured I'd share. Thanks. Bye. There was a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode recently where he he's like, uh, oh, all you have to do is say, uh, oh, I'd really appreciate it. And people do what you want them to do. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I tried it. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if it works. But um, I w- I've been trying to get this one guest on Beginnings for a long time, for years. And uh, their publicist um, finally was like, yeah, okay, let's let's do this. But the time they gave was like early in the morning west coast time yeah so i said i can do that but i would really appreciate if we could mm-hmm. push it a little later in the day we'll yeah. see if that we'll see if that works right right right, right. <laughs> That's so funny. this is good advice this is good yeah, advice this is very good advice really thoughtful you know i love our listeners they're yeah. such sweet sweet angels speaking of good advice naomi Ooh, our buddy. guest today they're giving it giving good advice giving good advice who are our guests our guests are hilarious comedians and hosts of the podcast stradio lab George Sivaris and Sam Taggart. George is also an editor at Gawker. Sam cracks me up and we like worked together briefly a couple of years ago and it was like very exciting. And their podcast is so funny because they literally unpack straight culture. (laughs) (laughs) So it is uh, hilarious and they have wonderful guests. You were on. You were a guest. Well, absolutely. I did just say they have wonderful guests. (laughs) And you said you were on. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Trying to be subtle. (laughs) Um, so this was a real fun one. I always love when we get to talk to fun friends and try to make them go deep. Yeah. So uh, I guess everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Everyone have a if, great if you, Thanksgiving. Uh, We're thankful for you. Eat a lot of uh, rolls and mm. mashed potatoes. That's basically what I'll be doing. That's what Andy will be eating. Yep. Yep. Rolls and mashed potatoes. <laughs> and uh, without any further ado, roll it. And just to give some context on where I'm coming from, this hour of my day, as I said, is going to be the best part of it by far. And the way I'm just luxuriating in the limitations, like 
I don't want it to. I I already can sense that it's going to end at some point, and that stresses me out. And I feel like if I stop talking, it will end faster. Okay, okay. There's wait, so much uh, to unpack. George, aren't wait? Aren't you like a writer for Gawker now? Yeah. So shouldn't the rest of your day have been full of fun? Like well, dragging, first of all, dragging well, Hulk Hogan. Yes, of course. I mean, I there is my job. Let me tell you something about this job. <laughs> I love it, it so much. It. And every single day, I thank God, who I believe in, uh, for giving the job to me personally. Yeah. Um, and and when I say I had a difficult day, it, it, it was stressful, but it only reinvigorated my desire to to do my job the be- to the best of my abilities. Mm. Really? It was just a Monday. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, honey, oh say look, no more. Yeah, we are Garfieldaholics <laughs> over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to say, should we all go around and say something true but maybe negative about Peter Thiel and see mm. if he sues Couples Therapy and Stradiolab out of existence? Yeah, hey. I'll go first. True but negative? <laughs> He's gay. <laughs> <laughs> We can end there. So <laughs> you were saying, though, I forget if it was uh, uh, Sam or George was saying before. Uh, nostalgia is problematic. Before yes. you said this before George, we started recording. Yes, nostalgia is problematic. Um, can you? Do you care to expand on that? Yes. Well, this is a concept I came up with, and what I meant by it is simply that you know, not to call Andy out, but as a straight white man, often you know. I can sense Andy's kind of the type of person who's like, God, if only I could wear my bow tie and have my handlebar mustache and uh, live in a different era, things would be so simple without thinking really that um, everyone else in this Zoom would have a more difficult time because of our rights. Uh, Uh I'd like to throw something back at you. Um, Straight white. How about straight Jew? Uh, Whoa. Wow. Wow, really erasing my Jewish, my Jewish, Jewith? yeah, your Jewish, <laughs> my Jewishness, yeah, and, and that's true, and that's true, and in fact, that is my blind spot. So, peeking I just out to, yeah, there, yeah, to accuse you of romanticizing the past, considering that element problematic, <laughs> was problematic. actually more problematic than romanticizing the past to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we should play the game. Who's the most problematic in this on this podcast? Right Peter Thiel. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that, Naomi. We're gonna get sued. They're gonna. He's gonna take. He's going to take all our Patreon earnings. I need us to focus on a real conversation because I don't have the energy for banter. Wow. Wow. Then you have the wrong guests. I know. I'm like, this is the complete opposite of like what we're used to. I know. I'm going to make you be real with me emotionally. Wait, that's not true. When you guys, when we did one of the like live Twitch shows over the pandemic, the couples therapy quarantine Mm -hmm. parties, you, I felt like you were real with us there. We can be real. It's possible. I mean, I also just feel like, you know, who knows what we were going through. The pandemic had probably broken us down to shells of our former selves. So we had nothing to be but real at that point. That's right. We can, well, I, I can, we'll switch to real in a heartbeat. Okay, great. I'm glad. Well, I just really had to, I just couldn't. You know what? It's just so funny because I didn't sleep last night. And then I was up from three to five watching Will and, old Will and Grace. <gasps> and then <laughs> tried to get back in the bed. And then when Andy left the bed at like six, I went over to his side of the bed. The dog was too warm. 
That's why he I left. Over, I overheated. It was like uh, <laughs> Mabel was like curled up right in uh, my back, and it was so it got so hot in the bed. I went and slept on the couch until morning. Well, we're also very rarely in the bed at the same time. We like don't really we overlap for like two to three hours a night. <laughs> so, All right. Well, oh. honey, that's <laughs> enough. <laughs> but I didn't. It's just sometimes it's like. I just didn't sleep, and it was just one of those I woke up, and I said, end it all. Do you know what I mean? When you're just, like, so yes. tired and also so frustrated by the fatigue mm. that it's, like, end it all. And so, you know, when you came on, George, and you said you had had a day, I said, thank you. Thank yes. you. Someone else who can't. Someone else who can't even? Right. Yeah, and, and to me, just to, to really contextualize it, because I don't want anyone to think it was because of my job, which I love. It, I, I just Andy got back from a trip. I was in a wedding in Maine. Wow. And you know, you know what they say. If only I had a vacation from the vacation. <laughs> and that's how I woke up feeling today. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That. I understand that. <laughs> Almost quoting quoting Naomi's act. Almost. You no, were this far away they from They would it. never. Now Sam, well, most what's... of my comedy is almost quoting Naomi <laughs> word for word. <laughs> Sam, what's your darkness today? Um, what's my darkness today? <laughs> I feel like I'm sort of working my darkness. I was had a really dark last week. Mm-hmm. And so today I've made a vow to not uh, let the darkness take me. Mm. This this week I woke up and I said, you know what? It's time to get a little headstrong again. It's time to be a little um, push through. Mm. Just uh, I'm trying to this today. I, I uh, decided to be confident and and okay. um, let that sort of drive me. Okay, great. I'm a bad influence for stuff like that. If you're yeah. trying to come out of a hole, I'm not the one you're talking yeah, to. They'll be on the edge of the hole with a shovel hitting your fingers. <laughs> Stay in there. Stay in the hole. The water's warm. That's how I feel about being in a hole. But Andy, why don't you take over a little bit? Sure. Let's delve into your friendship. Yes, you must delve. Oh, because sure. I know nothing about your friendship. That's true. Uh, I, I know Sam. I, I barely know George. I know Sam. We, uh, I think I had been doing comedy a year or two, a couple years before you started. And I remember reading a, uh, a one act play about Entourage, I think, at one of your shows. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I wrote a very existential where, like, they, they, if like the characters from Entourage had had like deep existential beliefs, I think I wrote a one act play about them. Did, uh, and you made people like read the parts, right? Yes, people yes came absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. He will force audience participation. <laughs> that was a good time in the past. But yes, when did you guys yeah, connect? Because George, you came to New York a little later, right? Yes, I was. I started doing stand up in Boston um, when Boston. I was there for grad school back when I had other aspirations. <laughs> and even there was some possibility of me having... <laughs> um, my <laughs> consistent career <laughs> it was um the grad school was for it was called comparative media studies and in my defense it was fully funded <laughs> so not harvard so no no it was not it was not harvard <laughs> um but where did we meet we met i think i think first of all i did know sam before i had like you know when you're in a lesser city you kind of romanticize, you know, you, you look at the New York and the L.A. comedians and you're like, God, if they probably think I'm garbage, like, you know, if I, if only I could get into New York comedy festival, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe I could meet Sam Taggart. Um, 
so I I knew of Sam before I think he knew who I was, but I think we probably met when I did Sam's show Stevie in its very, very earliest iteration. And then I feel like we were just always in the same, in similar friend groups, similar circles. And like, we were friends and we liked each other, but we, before we started the podcast, I don't think we were like best friends. Like I think doing the podcast, like, very much brought us closer together yeah. to, to where now I feel like he's the person I go to with many toxic feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah, them it was, all. it was all very businessy up top. That's right. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. and it was sort of like repeated, like being around each other. Then it was like, well, why don't we, there's something here. Why don't mm-hmm. we try something together? Uh, which is sort of a, I feel like the opposite way how most um, podcasts and friendships start, um, but but it worked. I feel. Yeah, it- I think also we have so, we have very different comedy styles, and I think I can only speak for myself, but I think that like being around Sam and being exposed to his like the way his brain works and the way he thinks has made me like a better writer and comedian because it has like opened my mind to different ways of thinking and i, I think we've like same. made it we've like been influenced by one another <laughs> <laughs> i think that's very brave to work with a friend mm. before you knew you were besties really because i'm like once you kind of commit to doing something long term like that's when you're gonna find out whether it works <laughs> you know what i mean yes. you didn't really know before then it's like do you believe in doing things on time and making them not garbage, I won't know until mm-hmm. we're working together. Yeah. I mean, that's that was a lot of my working friendships before this, where I'm the one who's like, "All right, let's do this for real." And there, a lot of them were just like, uh, "Yeah, no, I don't want to be obsessed with writing a, a punchline. <laughs> I don't want to be obsessed with writing a musical about a centaur, right? Uh, for yeah. half of the year, like you, <laughs> like you want to be." I would like to have uh, a uh, family life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We went through, like, I remember distinctly early on, I went through a lazy phase. And Sam had to call me in and say, have you noticed how I've been doing all the work for the past two weeks? Okay. And then I, at first, was defensive. And then I was like, maybe he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, which is, you know, an important part of a, a working and just general relationship. Yes, you got to be able to talk about the tough stuff. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, who taught you to, I was like, that's like very mature and direct, Sam. Were yeah, you right. always mature and direct like that? Because I'm very impressed that you would just say, especially like you only let it go two weeks. I feel like, Andy, you would let that shit go two years. And I then I'd be it, like, say <laughs> something. I would let it go for the entire, until the thing fell apart. Yes. Not now. But I mean, then the thing would fall, like we'd be screaming at each other, it would fall apart. And then a year later, I'd write an email and be like, man, you know, I really wish you had done X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just felt like, like, I don't think I'm always responsible or mature. I think it was like (laughs) that I was just sort of like forced to, like, I was kind of like, oh, I can't do everything. And like, I was very like time sensitive. Like I was like, this has to come out on these times and so i was sort of like okay i'm because it was like 
I was sort of getting like pissy and then I was like, hold on, like just say something. I feel like it will be uncomfortable, but only temporarily. Mm. And it was like a trust also that George would like receive it well and that it would like because with some people you know i've got friends in my life that i would never talk to about something because i'm like you're a psychopath and (laughs) (laughs) dear close personal friends who you also believe yeah these psychos are friends yes oh you have to have a couple of friends who are psychopaths i would say the majority of our friends are psychopaths Why? Why do you have to? I can well, understand how you, how there are there are psychos in all our, like this yeah, business. Come, this business mm-hmm. attracts psychos. Yeah. What's the yeah. have part? The have to have part. Well, honestly, okay. If we're being completely <laughs> honest, I feel like it's because like it's hard to you can't like not. It's easier. They're going to be around. So and they're going to be like at the party. They're going to be at the. 10 person hang so it's like you bet you got to find a way to like befriend them in a somewhat way because mm-hmm. you just will have to be around them is yeah. also is they that tend rude? to be sometimes they are interesting like sometimes psychos <laughs> totally. are interesting and are like fun to hang out with and also are like very funny and very talented yeah so not psychos always are dynamic psychos can be very dynamic they are can you know be, what's not be. good is when people are psycho because they're like, oh, great, this is the community where I can be psycho. But then it's like, wait, but you're not talented? <laughs> yeah. So you're just a psycho. <laughs> you're just here to be, to kind of like suck the air out of the room. Right. And right, then right. sort of be like, okay, I'm done. But wait, okay. hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Andy, Andy, that does not satisfy Give him. me an example. You don't have to say anyone's name. Sure. But what is an example of a psycho you have? Because I feel like Naomi and I have done a very good job of building boundaries between us and psychos. Which is why our careers aren't as far along as they should be. <laughs> we need to accept more psychos. That is, is a problem. That is Say that. A, a fair. I did talk about that in therapy today. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good question, though. Like, like examples of psycho behavior that I've tolerated. Um, I mean, it's hard because I'm paranoid that if i say anything <laughs> slightly specific i will put a target on my head uh, uh well you, you're like well this one guy i knew sued gawker out of existence <laughs> yeah that really ruined my friendship with peter teal when that happened <laughs> but he's such a dynamic performer and like yeah he really knows what he's doing <laughs> When he leads those Facebook board meetings, my God, it takes my breath away. Uh, Yeah, it's that improv energy. It's the yes ending of all of Mark Zuckerberg's most crazy ideas. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Okay, so I still would love it if you could think of something psycho, but while you're kind of marinating on that, you're both in romantic relationships, correct? Yes. Correct. Now, Sam, you've been in your relationship for 45 years, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Seven it, and a half years. Wait, for real? Seven and a half. A long yeah. time. And George? Almost two. Okay. So, like, pandemic. Like- we got together December 2019. Early December 2019. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. You made okay. it through. You made yeah. it through. That's gorgeous. Now, how do you guys talk? to each other about your relation your romantic relation given that you both know each other's partners and are like around these people all the time do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah we dish <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think we dish i think we dish and we do it very responsibly i agree and i'm like and we both say if we're like we both say the positive and the negative things mm-hmm. i yeah. would say we're very yeah, yeah. ethical dishers because- <laughs> 
We are. Actually, I would say that's like a uh, um, an element. That's like somewhere where we are so aligned that it makes conversations pleasant because we both know what our limits are in terms of dishing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We also understand like, like if you're going off on your lover, then you also know it's like temporary. Like I think we both understand, or at least that's how I feel where like, if you're ever going off, I'm like, well, yeah, this is this moment. Cause he's in this mood, but it like, doesn't mean that like the partner is always this type of way or whatever. Right. I think it helps that we both like each other's partners too, mm-hmm. because there's nothing worse than someone complaining about their partner. And then you're like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're in agreement. Like let's take yeah. this to its natural conclusion. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's except I will say it's funny because you're like, oh yeah, this is a moment in time. Whereas me, you know, honey, I got a, I got a card catalog up here. So if you start saying the same thing, if you say it like three times, now yeah. I've kept it in the vault, and I'm like, you know what? This is a sick pattern, <laughs> and you've got, and this person has to go. Yeah, you're like Joan Rivers with her joke files. Exactly. I pull <laughs> yeah. out a card, and I'm like, always late. We need to talk about this. This person does not respect you. Um, Wait, I want to go back for one second, though, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> what if I went back to like the psycho thing? No, what I want to go back to is... You know, you guys started this off. You were friends, right? But you were like, it was more businessy, in quotes. I mean, right? we were friends. Like, right. we weren't like <laughs> not friends. But um, I would say our friendship grew. We weren't like best friends who then were like, we need to monetize our best friendship. Like it was, right. it was like we, we were, were like friends. comedy friends. We were comedy friends. We were in semi similar places in our careers maybe i don't know if i i mean i maybe right sure yeah yeah (laughs) yeah had similar like uh i mean we both like had wanted to do something we realized we were like aligned in our vision for it so we were like oh this would be like a great thing to do together um and then i would say like because we a, because we worked so closely together and B, because so much of it was during the pandemic where like mm-hmm. for a while, like truly the two people I was talking to were like my boyfriend and Sam. Mm-hmm. And so right. I think like that also brought us closer together as well. But sorry, what was the question? <laughs> well, no, well, this is I was I was going to get there. Uh, do you remember when you realized that the friendship had deepened past mm-hmm. like into like a, a, a like a genuine friendship? Sam? Um, and while you're thinking, I'll go back to ask you: Do you remember a cycle <laughs> behavior? I I do honestly think it was like, and maybe this is I'm not trying to like just cling to the negative, but I do think it was like getting through the first fight was sort of like, okay, we are being real with each other. Mm-hmm. Like we can be like the <laughs> the honeymoon's over, honey. Like. <laughs> Now we're like talking to each other real. Yeah. I would say I, there came a point where I realized that like Sam was my go-to person to talk to about many things mm -hmm. like, and that nothing was off limit. Like even I could like complain to Sam about a mutual friend of ours that we both know well and that neither of us dislike it was, you know, but it's like, if I have like a specific complaint about someone there's no one I wouldn't go to Sam about, even if it's someone he's really close to or whatever, and we can like talk it out and then move on. So being like the go-to person for just like little petty 
complaints. Right. I a think. safe space. He, you, yeah. you could go to him and it wasn't going to, yeah, yeah yes. he wasn't going to say anything or mm-hmm. start anything or be like, you shouldn't think that way. Right. I hear about her. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people yeah. do that. I'm always like, yeah, I'm sure someone I love is a piece of shit to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, like, I'm willing to hold yeah. both of those things in in truth. They both can exist. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to, like, try to give you a psycho example because I feel like I don't <laughs> want it to be a cop out. I think a big part, and this is not specific, but a big part of it is, like, you know, when you're talking to someone and it's like 80% of what they're saying, you're fully there and you're like, I'm, you're, you know, you're having a great conversation. Things are bouncing back and forth. But you know that there's that 20% where they are saying things that are not coherent. Like, they, they their mind is not working properly. Like, uh-huh. either maybe it's a narcissism thing where, like, they you can tell that they think they're literally the best person in the world. And they think it's, like, the biggest injustice that they're not hosting The Tonight Show. Or, uh-huh. like... So it might be narcissism. It might be on the other end of things. It might be like insane insecurity where like you can see someone is like very broken down and, and, and is like deep in a deeply dark place or whatever. Like, but you kind of, you like them enough that you're able to look past the psycho parts of them because mm-hmm. the, the, they bring enough to the table. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I get that. I mean, I not, that. not not the juiciest. No. I'll think about well, it. Well, we have to be tasteful <laughs> and tactful. <laughs> I, was really I do think the narcissism for, uh... thing, though, is real. Like, there yeah, are people sure. I, I genuinely am friends with that. I'm like, you are a narcissist. Yeah. Well, of course. And, yeah. And I think the insecurity is correct, too, though, because I do think there's some of us where it's like, oh, you're... I can see your wound. Your wound mm-hmm. is gaping right now. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Kind of like leading with the need first. Yes. Yes. Before you even kind of know. Most of us have bandages on. And then there's exactly. some people that are just walking wound first. Yep. Into the <laughs> right. world. Wound first. And then I'm just like, honey, no. They, you know, some people tell you, let it air out. No, cover it. Okay. <laughs> cover it. Neosporin. I don't want to see mm-hmm. it. Well, and it's I tough think... because then people are able to uh, walk around with no neosporin mm-hmm. uh, and actually do it in, you know, are able to do it in the right way that it comes across as profound and mm-hmm. um, or charming even or charming. Yeah. So then people see that and they're like, oh, that's what we're doing now. I guess I'll take off my bandages and throw out <laughs> the neosporin as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Machine gun Kelly and Megan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For example, oh. for example, <laughs> I really thought it was going to be something like, oh, yeah, this guy was telling me about how he uh, he uh, picked up a hitchhiker and then uh, took it the wrong way. I'm oh, sure no, that's what I like. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> no, OK, no. not that. Not the murdering or whatever. But like generally when people are crazy, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's only when it's like I think I think the subtler psycho like is worse like just <laughs> the person who like is you know yeah Insidious. a full narcissist and like destroying people left and right but there are in also the guys are being kind <laughs> there are also people that are like not smart <laughs> 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 like there are people we know that like have never read the news <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's also like you have to like look pa- like yeah you know just like or that like are only read the internet and ever their beliefs are just like remixed words they've heard on the internet. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, the police are body positive. Like they just like <laughs> don't. <laughs> oh my god, that is very real, very accurate. Here's a a question. Ooh. I was thinking about this yesterday. Ooh. We just talked to Pat Regan, 
And I called Pat part of the irony kids, uh-huh. which I will throw you guys in the same in the same <laughs> bucket. Uh, but I'm kind of curious because, like, it's obviously like it's not irony for irony's sake. It's obviously like part of your personality. Like, it comes from who you are as people. I'm kind mm. of curious how you navigate that in your relationships with your boyfriends, because it I I I as someone who grew up in the '90s. Uh, it was a teenager in the 90s. You know, irony was like omnipresent then. And then it went away. And now it's, mm-hmm. I think it's come back again. So I feel a lot of consonants with you guys. But and, but I found when I was when it was I was in full irony mode, it was very difficult to have to have <laughs> like it was very difficult in my romantic relationships. Hmm, that's a tough cue. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you, I should have written this by you because when I did Stradio Lab and I told them they were like the cool, like ironic kids, George wasn't having it. Oh, and, really? and no. so I really okay, had to have... peel it back. And so <laughs> Naomi, I was like, you can't you label this... George as I... ironic. <laughs> I remember during the episode, you thought that at one point I gave you a look. And then after that, you were like, George is being weird about this. And I, <laughs> I, I truly was probably like thinking about what I was like having for dinner or something. Like I, I, I promise you. Um, and will you tell us what you had for dinner at the end of the episode? We'll get back to that. <laughs> That's for Patreon only. <laughs> yes. Paywall behind the paywall. Um, but no, I get, no, I'm teasing, but also yes, exactly. No, but that's a good question. Wait, Sam, you had something you were going to say now. Well, I, I'm, I'm processing, but I feel like it's a tough thing to even, the premise is complicated because I'm like, yeah, I could see us being kind of ironic. We're a little mean. We're a little eye rolly about stuff, but we're also like, but it's also sincere. Like there is a sincerity to it. Like we are just like <laughs> annoyed at stuff. Like we're not trying to <laughs> like put on a personality or it just like, mm-hmm is there so it like it's kind of built in i feel like to to my relationship like where it's like it's part of it it's it's like part of the the charm or something (laughs) let me throw this at you if the 90s were pure irony and then Mm. we moved into this era of pure sincerity you are the you guys are the synthesis of that into a sincere irony well i think yes i do think sam and i um if I may speak for both of us, do have a sort of sincere irony. Like, I think that is very much the mode of, for instance, the podcast is like sincere irony. I do think a lot of the irony of the 90s, how do I put this? Like, I like to think that if I'm being somehow ironic in my outlook to things, it's not, it doesn't come from a cynicism. If anything, it's reacting to the cynicism of like a false sincerity. Like, it's like we're trying to react to like, you know, let's say a headline that's like this celebrity claps back at the haters for saying such and such and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like if I'm making fun of that, that's because I think that is actually a cynical narrative that's like not mm. in fact describing the reality of what's going on. So sure. I am maybe attempting to use irony to like point out some form of hypocrisy. So I think mm-hmm. like... That I I hope at least that's more valuable than an a, a kind of nihilistic irony, like than the kind of like. And I don't. I mean, I'm just thinking about something like Beavis and Butthead or something. Where it's just like, it's like, <laughs> Wait, it's can like you say com- it again? What's the name of it? 
Beavis and Butthead. I know, but the way you were like, Butthead. Like, it was very, like, it's like, what? Beavis and Butthead, I guess. <laughs> which I, which I, I don't know. Was right. Do you see yes. what I'm saying? Like, yes. that's more of like a nihilism sure. where it's like, yeah, like, fuck matters. everything. Everything is stupid. So stu- I would never be like, again, like, I hate the mode that's like, oh, you're stupid forever caring. Like, being earnest is stupid. Like, mm-hmm. no one should ever care about things like politics or uh, social issues or social justice. Like, I feel like maybe this new irony you're describing, Andy, is like reacting against a kind of faux, um, faux earnest wokeness kind of. Sure. It's interesting because I think of it more as like when you say irony, like it's for me, I I think about it as like a very self-aware, self-referential comedy. Like there is a certain, you know, I would say maybe five, six years Younger than me, meaning like in their comedy, not like mm-hmm. necessarily their age, but like where it was like, isn't it crazy that I'm on stage right now? Yes. And that I'm 100%. about to tell you a joke. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I wrote. Okay. That's what I wrote. And you're going to have to take it. And like, that's like kind of like. Punchlines are weird. Yeah. Like the commenting on kind Real, of what you're doing. Jimmy <laughs> Glick energy. But it's also such a, um, it is like kind of a protective wall. Oh, 100 percent. And that's you. why I yeah. that's, that's the thing. When I, when I was like real steeped in irony, in my romantic relationships, it was it was a way of protecting myself too, right? Where I don't have to like really uh, show my feelings because it's ironic. Like, oh, who wants to have love anyway? Look, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm kind of curious that if if you are this like new. What I'm, what we're well, calling? We love this. I we rolled, love this. For the list, I rolled my eyes as I said the word "new." Just so we're clear <laughs> on that. But like, I'm kind of curious how if is is it a protective measure at all? Outside, let's say outside of performing, either in friendships or romantic relationships, is there a is there still that kind of like I'm going to have this distance so that I don't get hurt in some way? Like when it was performing for me, it was like. Well, if I don't say it, if I'm not really committing myself to this joke, then if they don't laugh, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I'm going to tack, I'm going to tag onto that. Sam, were you and your boyfriend, have you, were you doing comedy from the moment you guys got together? Because it has been Ye- so long. Yeah. I had been doing it for like six months or something when we got together, like okay. stand up specifically. Okay. So, okay. So, right. Yeah. So he, he knew what he was getting into. Yes. <laughs> oh, he, he Yeah. And he was, it was very sort of, you should never see someone at six months in. It just, Absolutely not. It was a not. bit of a sidebar, but it was really, he was like, this is what you're trying to do. And I was like, no, I know I'm bad now, but that's, <laughs> this is part of it. You're supposed to be bad first. <laughs> but I think of him as a very gentle soul. He is. He's sweet. And, yeah. And he was down to, to wait until I was good at it. <laughs> you mean relationships or comedy or both? Both. Accurate, Are you DTW down to wait? <laughs> I don't you think though? I mean, for me, it was like before I did stand up, all of that toxic, I- ironic energy would come out in my everyday life. So like, it's like actually, it's very good to have that outlet because then you will you will be more real and more. Um, earnest in your in your day-to-day life because you don't feel like you have to put up a performance all the time i mean i like i was talking about this recently with a very good friend of mine who i've known since college and she was like yeah you used to be like toxic (laughs) (laughs) jesus like i was i was also like raised in a household where everyone made fun of each other as like a way of bonding it was just Mm -hmm. like very like 
and you just had to like be okay with it. And I kind of thought that's how everyone acted. And I would just like point out people's flaws. <laughs> and like, I think doing stand up and having that outlet has then allowed me to be more like tender and earnest in my personal relationships. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I understand though that roasting, because I think I tend to like roast when I'm roast to be close. You know what yes. I mean? Like, and I will, yeah. even though I didn't tell like, kind of my extended family but i think it's more like for me there's nothing better than feeling like someone knows me so if you point out something little it's like you see me you know what i mean yes. but then of course yeah it can also be tough because i did grow up with someone who felt that her job was to tell me what i was doing wrong all the time sure so that i would be better so you know it's a double-edged situation mm-hmm. um that is very <laughs> tough but also george you would come out of academia before you well comedy was also still happening but like you were in the world of academia and as were you andy where it's like yep you kind of can't it's not about your emotions it's like what were you what doing andy in academia i didn't even know that i was a uh, philosophy professor oh my Whoa. god <laughs> yeah <laughs> dark 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 yeah that's yeah. <laughs> yeah no i was in academia even like up until relatively recently like my my longest because after grad school my longest day job that i was doing like in New York was working as a researcher at an academic research center. So I was like, it really, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's like, you can't unlearn. I mean, I like to think at my best that like that has helped me have a, an interesting sense of humor that I wouldn't otherwise, but it's also like, or is it useless? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think it's useless, but it's alienating. I definitely like (laughs) it changed the way I think about things. And so on one hand, I th- I feel like I have a a very I would say a deeper grasp on how the world works or why what what does it mean to be human than mm-hmm. other people <laughs> because of philosophy F- because conceptually, of conceptually yeah, yeah conceptually. conceptually but that's distancing because like I also have like it it changed my vocabulary and I have to do a lot of filtering of like yes. what I say something and then I'm like oh these other people haven't fucking red Kant or whatever now i have to like do some math in my head to make it accessible to a normal human being <laughs> so tony but, soprano yeah. said <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I always have it it's always has to, it's always tony soprano it's always uh, young sheldon yeah it's like yep, how yep, did yep, these yep. guys how would these guys talk about these deep subjects <laughs> Well, you kind uh, of think that it's like that over intellectualizing something is the most kind of like moral and important thing you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. And you train yourself that way. And then I think once you let go of that, you realize, oh, that's actually only one mode of thinking totally. that can be very good. But it doesn't mean that people who think a different way or people who process the world a different way are like less thoughtful. Right. hundred mm-hmm. percent. But I do think there is a kind of like... I do. I have gained this kind of um, conceptual sophistication that I think like other people when I see other people angry on Twitter about something and I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, that's just how it works. Mm -hmm. Like media or something like that where I'm just like, yeah, well, I've read, you know, the first chapter of Manufacturing Consent. First chapter. Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just the part I've read the whole no, thing. Wait. But I'm saying oh, that's sure, the sure. part. That's the, first the part thing. where okay, you like the whole thing. That's the part that like says like this is how the media works, and wow. so everyone's like screaming about stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, that's just how it works. What do you right? Mean, like, people are like, wait, misinformation online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's just how it is. Like, you, we could do something about it. We could organize and do something else about it. But like, screaming about it here is not going to do much. Mm-hmm. So. I- 
Yeah, Let's sorry. say I'm talk, please. I um I love George's <laughs> formal training. Um, <laughs> I I find that you know so often it, it hops in and saves us. You know, uh, in in emails, this guy can send an email that would make your head spin. Uh, we've been in in meetings before where they'll ask us like a really vague question that they don't even really know the answer to, and he'll like answer it in such a way that is like a little dance and it also like (laughs) (laughs) and it also like kind of puts it back in their face in a fun way and i just you know sometimes it's nice in those situations to just feel a little taken care of you know because it's like yeah i could respond but it would probably be a little clunkier like as far (laughs) as the you know finding those uh, words in that time i'm not the best at that but but I'm, I'm i can sit back and i can say oh george unleash yourself on them <laughs> unleash unleash yourself on them wait wait quick before we get into the uh advice questions um i'm kind of curious so uh george two mm-hmm. years sam seven and a half years what were your relationships like before the current the ones. current relationships george you first um I had, so my first relationship was very short, but it was very formative. It was in college with, in fact, someone named Sam. Um, Ooh, but, uh, yeah, let's and that, that. Was, he was like my best friend. And then we like got together and it didn't work out. But then after we broke up, we were like still remain really good. For, I mean, we're not like super close right now, but like for many, many years, we would like see each other when we were in the same city. Like I really, really, uh, you know, we were able to like save the friendship and it was like overall a positive experience. And it was also like nice that my first boyfriend was someone I felt so close to. So it was, Mm -hmm. you know, fine. Um, Then, and that was just like very short. Then my main, like my longest relationship, I was with someone for six years and that was like uh, end of college, like senior year of college through pretty much most of my 20s. So and that was who I was dating bef- like when I started, like before comedy, when I started comedy, when I moved to like when I went to grad school, when I moved to New York, like all these mm-hmm. every like milestone I had until the age of like 26, 27 um, was with him. And I think now we're in a good place, but it it ended in like there was like an event that happened that was very traumatic that resulted in the relationship ending and that, and it was a very like eventful breakup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we were like, it was also because we were living together in New York. We ended up having to live together for literally like five months post breakup. Oh God, um, that is a nightmare. Yeah. We had like mutual friends that there were like mini dramas with in terms, you know, like yeah, I, I, you can imagine, but, but yeah, that was like my longest and we were together for six years and it was very much like, I was very close with his parents. I had spent Mm -hmm. many holidays with him. Like he had come to Greece like three summers in a row to see my family. Like, yeah, it was very intertwined, right? Your lives were intertwined. Well, it's also like we grew up together because we were together from like literally the time we were in college to all the possible firsts you could have in your 20s. Right, right, right. Okay, here's a question though about when you have to live with somebody and after you've broken up, did y'all still sleep in the same bed? Yeah, I was wondering the exact same thing. We did sleep <laughs> in the same bed. We kind of reached. There was almost something after all the 
like it was so clear that we needed to break up. And after all the drama and the actual act of it, we almost were able to like breathe and just like enjoy each other's company. Hmm. Like I have a very actually like positive memory of my, my birthdays in July. And so we probably broke up around like May. So my birthday after our breakup, we just the two of us went and had like a really nice meal together. And it was almost mm-hmm. like a very sweet goodbye. And we had like just like a really nice conversation mm-hmm. and like took photos as though we were like still together. Like it was just like a I, I, there, there was something about it that was like, I almost think those part of part of that time was like the closest we had felt in the sense that we like knew everything there was to know about one another, including the fact that we shouldn't be together. (laughs) (laughs) So, right. The ultimate honesty, basically. Yeah. So it wasn't real. I mean, and again, we went through like many dark months before we reached that point, but like, it's almost like we, we like went through it and came out the other side Mm -hmm. and then like, I don't know. Somehow, like, I remember when we moved out, it was like we were like being nostalgic with one another about like moving out and, and the relationship yeah. being over. Wow. That's a lot. But it all, both of these things sound emotionally healthy in the end. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I mean, for both it was, of them, like, you're still, you know, you were able to get a handle on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's interesting because we're not now, we're not, my, me and my, this 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 ex that I was just talking about, like we're not really in touch that much, and I think a big part of it is just like there's so much history that like it would require like another long effort to to get back to. But I'm like, I've I'm very proud that we've gone to a place where we like say happy birthday to one another on our birthdays, and like mm-hmm. I was thinking like maybe he lives in L.A. now, and I'm like maybe if I go to L.A. I would like get a coffee yeah. with him, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I do think it also helps that I'm in a different relationship. So now it is the 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 like uh, transition is so clear to me yeah. that there's no gray right. area. Mm. Right, right, right. Now, Sam, before sweet, gentle Misha. <laughs> Misha, right, or Sasha? No, you're right, Misha. Thank God. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, had you had a lot of BFs? Um, no, I'm, I'm realizing I should have gone first and George should have gone second <laughs> because George's is so moving and mature and, um, <laughs> mine was very, I was just, um, uh, you know, a little slut around, uh, <laughs> Chicago and then New York city, baby. Um, I, I did like some one monthers. I, <laughs> and I think the, you know, the biggest, I did try to date and like, but it went about it in like a really stupid way. And I think honestly, like I was out to my friends, but closeted to my parents. And so I think mm. I was kind of going about it in a closeted way, even though like I wasn't in the same city as my parents. It was just like, mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to find people that like n- none of my friends would know or like that. I like almost yeah. someone that would like take me far away from all of this. And yeah. then mm-hmm. once, and then it was like, Oh, obviously these aren't working. I'm not a full person. And so uh-huh. then, right once that all got figured out that's and even then i like was like well i'm not dating anyone and then i started dating misha and i was like well just so you know i'm not looking for anything serious so (laughs) (laughs) and then it you know it all worked out so you had Uh, come out to your parents before y'all started dating so you kind of will you say kind of 
And so I came out. That. I came out to them very quickly when we started dating, just oh. because it had been like a long time coming. It wasn't like he's the one and I should come out now. It uh-huh. was like I was like, oh, I meant to do this like a, a while ago, and I haven't done it yet. And now I'm living in a different city as them, so like I don't see them as much. So I should come out to them when I'm home or something. Uh-huh. Uh, so I had a trip coming, and we had been dating for like a few weeks when I came out to them. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. very much didn't like. Wasn't like this is for you or anything uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. that's what i mean yeah 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 okay that makes sense yeah. okay i'm sorry i laughed by the way in my mind i was i was you and uh you go to your parents house and you have a magnet that says i'm gay and you just slap the magnet on the fridge <laughs> <laughs> that's what was happening that's what was happening in my head what a very specific um, <laughs> image i mean it would have been helpful i think wow that 90s <laughs> I- irony is really jumping out <laughs> That wasn't ironic. That's literally just what I was like pretending in my head. I was like Sam at that moment. Why would Sam ever have a magnet? I don't know. And slap it on a fridge. I don't like, know. You, were be- you, you weren't being Sam. You were being someone else entirely. <laughs> because that scenario was not right. Okay, we need to take a break because we need to help people handle their scandal. And I think we've really gotten to the core of who George and Sam are as friends and as lovers to yeah. others. <laughs> 
Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray, and it is so friggin' soft and comfortable, and it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. Hey, y'all. Wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. And we're back. Stradio Lab themselves. Here to help you handle your emotional scandal. And we get advice questions from Twitter, Instagram, uh, Gmail, Gmail, and of course, our favorite voicemail, that number, 323-524-7839, also in our social media profiles, if you didn't catch that. This first one. Let's do it. Hey, Naomi. Hey, Andy. Love the pod. I know you love people calling in to hear the desperation in us. I'm just at a loss. So basically, the question is this. It's a friend and a really good friend of mine that has ghosted me. And she's not the type of person that ghosts people. She's so kind, considerate, loyal, loving, all of the above. Just the most wonderful person. And this has happened once before like a couple months and now it's going on five months and I got one text message in between and it was like hey you know I uh, I've been busy but I, I've been meaning to contact you I promise I'll call you and that was a month ago um, so this has gone on for five months and I'm not like crazy like messaging her all the time like once a month maybe I'll send her like a message or I'll call her and there'll be no response and it's just like I feel ghosted. Like you feel ghosted with like a boyfriend or something. Or, or it just it makes no sense. And I'm left like what what the hell is going on? And obviously it could be like something really horrible or something personal. But it just seems so weird to just drop off the face of the earth. 
Um, and I just feel so confused. Any words of wisdom would be appreciated. Love you guys. Bye. Ah, <laughs> uh, ghosted by a friend. Ghosted by a friend. This feels real. This feels like it's happening left and right. Have it's you an been epidemic. Ghosted by a friend? I think I ghost maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but like not on part. I said, you know, it is very like I think me. I am very um because I lean mm-hmm. towards depression and am narcissistic. I'll just go through a time where I'm like, I just assume nobody wants to hear from me. I'm and the so same just, way. So yeah, like I'll like let that happen and then be like, oh wait, I haven't been a bad friend. <laughs> like, You're Vigo the Carpathian. How so, Andrew? <laughs> You're a ghost. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well. Nope. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've ghosted and been ghosted by friends. It's. It's tough because friends are just friends, so you like breaking up with a friend that you want to see a little less of is also really weird, like mm-hmm. and kind of unnecessary. So there is just like a well, if you want to see someone less, you just kind of have to see them less. And that doesn't mean you hate them. It's just like yeah. I need a little space. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, like you can't make somebody tell you anything, right? So it's like you've yeah. reached out, and she is not really trying to hang or give an explanation so as frustrating as it is you just you almost have to just accept her boundary i think the other option could be like being very specific and instead of just being like hey hope you're well or you know miss you or whatever you can also be like hi would you like to get coffee thursday or friday at 2 p.m you know what i mean like yeah something specific and yeah. that can also let you know what's up, or at least you can use that in person to be like, hey, what is up with you, sis? <laughs> Did you get COVID? Where are you at? Could you, in a text, do that also as well? I don't know if this is uh, this is proper. You know, I am I became an adult after uh, cell phones, so... You mean uh, before cell phones? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, it, I, it's not like, uh, it's not second nature to me, but like, could you text them and be like hey i just want to check in and see if you're doing okay you know we haven't talked in a while if it's that you just don't want to talk (laughs) to me don't respond (laughs) i'm just trying to suss out whether the friend could be going through something i have a i have a couple friends who like i know that they're going through shit and like we do talk to each other but it's like you know every month or two and then there'll be a long periods where we're not talking in between because I know they're like going through some shit and they just don't have the energy and they don't want to. And there's other people who like it's tough to suss out whether it's that or whether they just don't want to hang out with you anymore. I've had other people who like ghosted me and it was like but obvious that they just didn't want to hang out with me. I like it's so funny. I'm so defensive almost with or not. Sorry, not defensive in the traditional sense. I mean, it in the like if I ever even think there's a chance someone doesn't want to talk to me, then I will proactively stop Mm. reaching out. Uh, Yeah. 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 Totes. Same. And I've actually (laughs) had it happen where like, then I do that thinking I'm like, Oh, well I get it. I don't want to make things awkward. And then that person's like, are you not talking to me? (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, I was doing it because I thought you didn't want to talk to me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yep, Or like this happened. This is like probably not a good part of my personality, but like (laughs) whenever someone gets becomes very successful i assume they no longer want to be friends with me i do that too i do that a lot it's bad and then it's like (laughs) wait that's how these cycles are created where like then people who are famous feel isolated because their friends are not speaking to them right 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 
That's so true. I know. I'm very, I don't know. I just, I'm always like, because I'm like, well, everyone's busy. Everyone's struggling. I don't bring much to the table. It's like kind of how I'll be. Like, where I'm like, you know, it's like, but it's not like, oh, I'm actively like, oh, I don't like her or him. Don't want to talk to them. It's not that. It's just like, sometimes it's that. Sometimes, but like, not as much. I just notice in LA too, I have a harder time maintaining with people. Like, I don't reach out to people as much. Yeah. I I also think about the like, it's trying to schedule something like like if it is a friend that you're worried about like taking up too much of their time like suggest something really easy like a coffee like and just be like we're gonna meet for a coffee and that's it like mm-hmm. or we're gonna meet for lunch because everybody's got to eat damn lunch <laughs> everybody's like, gotta eat damn lunch <laughs> something like and, non-committal yeah. is like such a gift i find <laughs> i agree and to andy's point i do think it's better to do that in person rather than over text because there's just okay. like there is just simply no way to read someone's tone over time. Like you can be asking something like, do you just not want to talk to me anymore? And that can come across as like very aggressive. Like you're accusing the person of something like, right. right. Yeah. Right. Also like, I know for me, something like part, like part of why I've gotten into voice notes is because sometimes to get into anything over text is too much to me. Like it's too much Mm -hmm. work to try to accurately communicate it, type it all out, get a damn, you know, semicolon up in there. Like really try (laughs) to make it make sense. That sometimes I'd be like, here's a voice memo. I can't even like, you know, and so if someone really drag someone in a voice memo because it disappears. It disappears in two minutes. That's also very helpful. But I just like I do because, yeah, sometimes it can be like a lot because it is this weird putting someone on the spot and then you start to live in that world of like three dots. Are they gonna respond? Did they see it? Did they, you know? It's like uh, no, no, no. Don't you're just extending the stress that yeah. way. Yeah. But well, let me pose this to to you, the three of you. At what point would you give up on the, mm-hmm. on this friend, this person who's like they? Well, George uh, and I say immediately. They ghosted the uh, exactly. Call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I they ghosted the quick. caller for a couple months, and then they were back in touch, and now they've ghosted the caller for five months. And so you think just give up on this friendship? I think don't like yeah. give up in anger, but like mm-hmm. give up like, like for now, go. like let go, for, let go. Yeah. For your own like self-preservation. Cause it's just driving you crazy. And mm-hmm. like, if just don't be mad. And if they reach out at some point, then you'll be thrilled and that's, you can hang out again. Yeah. yeah. But right now you're driving yourself crazy. Yeah. yeah. I do want to say like what Naomi and I are talking about. It's like, that is how I am, but I'm not really proud that that's how I am. Like, mm-hmm. like yes, that is what I would do, but is that the advice I would give right, to someone? Right. Like, I actually wish I was not, I, like, I don't know. I always wish I was one of these people that was able to, like, maintain email correspondences with college friends and mm-hmm. um, have, you know, I, I, not kind of just, like, go with the flow so much that at any given month I have, like, a different group of people I'm seeing. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. Um. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I think, but it's also like, you know, one way you can think about something like this is, uh, what's the, what's the word for say? Accepting someone's boundaries. Yes. You know, like if this person is saying, I I can't give you anything right now, hear them, accept it, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, cause I know for me, some friendships where I was like, I realized, and I think I talked to you about this where I was like, where you're like, oh, I don't know if this person is like, you know, not into me, blowing me off, want to hang out. And it's like, just, you got to look at the pattern. If you're always the one suggesting you hang out. Just see what happens when you stop yeah. reaching out. And then that'll kind of give you your answer, you know? Right. And yeah. um, 
and and so I think it's like this person for whatever reason is going through it, and this could be one of those friends too. You know how people you you ebb and flow, and it could be one of those things where you're not going to hear from her until the week before her birthday, and she having a party. You know what I mean? And you like come through, and it's like hi hi. Like that could just be where it is. I think you know we can't underestimate the effect the pandemic has had on us in terms of relationships. Because I will say, once human interaction became potentially deadly. I realize most of these hoes ain't worth dying for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really stopped interacting with a whole lot of people when it was like, yeah. do I want to do this? And yeah, and it was weird when those people came creeping back into our lives after we started opening up. Yeah. They're like, no. So, you know, I think that's just like part of it. And it does suck, you know, if, if you know, when you're like, this is not who this person is. But also, people change. They go through shit. They get selfish. They get self-centered. You know? All right. Well, so, but we are saying, we're saying don't be like Naomi and George. Maybe suggest a concrete thing. And then let the response to that inform. And then if, if, if that doesn't go well, then just yeah. write them off. Yep. I think for anything, you have to try twice. Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. That's very true. That's good. That's very yeah. true. Uh, George do you guys have time for one more? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. All right, here we go. Hi, Naomi, Andy. My name is Sam. Um, I'm calling because... Um, so... Man my boyfriend of three years um want to get married but i was looking in his phone recently and i saw some text messages and these text messages were from a high school um i guess boyfriend of his and i just um I don't know what to think now. I mean, we've been together for three years, and I just, ah, I'm fed up, to be honest. I'm just, you know, that movie with, I forget what's his name, Martin Lawrence, and that lady, and she, like, stabs the cake. That's kind of like where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm not going to stab him, but I want to stab a cake. I want to get a carrot cake from Trader Joe's, but I want to stab it. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to do that. Um, but anyways, my question is, should I? how do I confront him with this? I'm a non-confrontationalist, and so it's just difficult. Like, I don't know what to do. He wants to get married. I have a feeling he's going to do something with an engagement ring or something, an engagement party, like, soon. So I feel stuck. Like, how do I get out of this? And also, like, he recently downloaded Tinder on his phone again, I also noticed. So I don't understand why. It's just, it's just fishy. And if you guys could help, that would be, I just, your advice, should I confront him and like dump him or should I, I mean, cause I put in three years into this relationship. So I don't know. Should I dump him or should I like, I don't know. I don't know. So any advice is, is helpful. Thanks. Thanks. Guys. Oh. Thanks. 
Oh. Sam. Ugh. This is so Yeesh. hard. Also, Sam says he wants to stab a carrot cake from Trader Joe's. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what he has said about his emotional state. What Martin Lawrence <laughs> film? I don't know what movie he's talking about. I looked about. it up. I couldn't. I looked up Martin Lawrence stabbing cake, and I, I couldn't find <laughs> it. Uh, was it Blue Streak? Blue big, <laughs> big Mama's House, Black Knight, National Security. Bad now you're boys. just listing his movies. Maybe Bad Boys too. Now, um, <laughs> okay, so. You know, George, when this started and he said he's, he looked at his phone and saw some text messages, you covered your eyes. You yeah, covered you had, your eyes, George. You, pretty... you, know, you know what I'll say is like, well, Sam can speak to this more than I can as well, or as much as I can. But like, first of all, there is some context that I think is necessary for any straight listeners is I do feel like the mores around monogamy are way more loose with gay relationships. And mm-hmm. like, I think... I mean, I do think Tinder, which is more like relationship heavy, is obviously more of a red flag. But like it is very common for two men to be in a relationship and for both of them to have a, a hookup app on their phone. Like it mm. is it's not like it, that. that's not something that is, you know, the same as like, you know, the scene in a, a movie where a woman discovers the text from an ex in her man's <laughs> phone. I feel like it's, you know, I, I think finds Ashley the, the, Madison. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. So I, so I think that's like important context for all this. I think what I was really reacting to was more the tone of his st- voice. Cause like, it's not like, for instance, I, I um was recently like, with my boyfriend and he was literally like in front of me with me looking texting his fir- like a boyfriend he had literally like seven years ago who he has talked about and and they're now like nor- you know normal friends mm-hmm. and the guy had literally texted him like hey do you have so-and-so's number i lost it and he was texting back like oh yeah here it is and i like looked over and i was like oh look at you texting your ex and he was like yeah he needs ex so like it was just like a completely mm-hmm. normal interaction so the idea that someone would be texting a high school ex is not in and of itself um red flag a red flag yeah but i just like the tone with which he was saying it it was so clear that he was like devastated Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm, yeah so that's what i was reacting to i do think tinder having said all of that i do think tinder specifically is a weird one because tinder really is more for long-term dating Hmm. it also just felt like from his tone that they have not had that conversation about non-monogamy and it felt like that he was very <laughs> that it was truly a surprise and that they've just not even discussed it like which i think is like i mean maybe you could boot camp this and like get there really quickly but it feels <laughs> like this it, you should have that conversation potentially before you just dis- decide to get married i think i Especially think you should man <laughs> yeah you also shouldn't i believe you shouldn't get engaged because Absolutely of what you're very not. saying like where you're at <laughs> yeah. y'all gotta talk about some stuff and when you say should i um I, you're non-confrontational that's fine but confrontation is not the same as a conversation so mm-hmm. you can still go Hey, i'll be preaching good. on it I'll there's, be there's already it. merch i'm making merch it's on sale <laughs> we have it in tanks we have it in t-shirts and we have it in bodysuits. <laughs> You can you can say to him, especially because I'm like, oh, yeah, you may not be able to use the fact I looked at your text messages because it's like so hard to confront somebody in that situation because you automatically lose a leg to stand on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can say, 
I see you got Tinder. Can we talk about this? And I think if you can't have that conversation, that doesn't bode well for the relationship. I also think, you know, when you say, I've already put in three years, I'm like, babe, babe, you talking to somebody who's been in a relationship seven and a half years. You got us in here 11 years. Like, you can always walk away. That's what Naomi tells me every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like... The thing is, everyone has been like, that is just such a destructive line of thinking yeah. to mm-hmm. be like, but I've already invested so much because all in what's then what's worse than investing even more if you are like, if, right. if, if yeah. you right. aren't unsure about it. Fallacy of sunk cost. Yes, yes. exactly. Especially like with humans, you know what I mean? Like it's not flip or flop, babe. So, you know, you think you're like, well, I've already refurbished this house and I've got to get a real return on my investment. And it's like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's not how humans work. It's like it's three years in. You're like, I'm really miserable now. So I should probably be really miserable for the next like 30 years. Right. Right. And this is why I love a voicemail, because you can hear in his voice where he's like, I'm just tired. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I'm sick of it, frankly. You know, and like so it's like. You're telling us where you're at with this. So when you say, should I, it's like, should you confront him? Absolutely. You're at your wit's end. Well, not if you're calling a podcast, you should talk to (laughs) him. Hold on, hold on. I don't think confront because that already starts it off. Yes, but no, converse. You need to bring it up. Right. Don't like, you know, uh, uh, his uh, boyfriend, almost fiance, walks in and Sam spins around in a chair. Right. (laughs) And goes, Printing you know, out, having printed out text messages. And yes. <laughs> starts reading them. Starts reading right. them. Spins around the chair, starts reading these text messages. Or actually, no. What if Sam wakes... I mean, what if the boyfriend wakes up and Sam has just, like, taped them all over the bedroom? <laughs> right. Yeah. So the first thing he sees on the wall is a text message. It's like, no, you guys can have a conversation. Right. And I think, you know, and you saying, like, oh, you think he's going to propose or you think there might be, like, a party or something... Have the conversation. You have to have, have the conversation. Sooner yeah, rather very than later. soon. Also, you can't. I, this is like an engagement cannot be a surprise. You, if 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 people are getting engaged, it needs <laughs> the, a conversation has had to have happened about both parties deciding they want to get married. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just yeah. an old school yeah. kind of thing too. Yeah, I remember like before we got engaged, we had a discussion about it. Many. I sent you links to rings. <laughs> like, this is the vibe I'm feeling. You can surprise me as to when you provide me the ring, which is what happened. <laughs> but I, this is what we're doing. Right. Um, no, but exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they need to like talk a little. They just need to talk about all of this because I don't like the idea of Tinder on your phone or any of it because as you said, like if you guys haven't agreed to that. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe, it's, maybe it's just something they haven't talked about and the boyfriend thought just assumed that it was a non-monogamous relationship that's a psychotic thing for that yeah, i mean i do think three years in you should know, like yeah. yeah i mean i, I can't just, i'm it. just trying to come up with some yeah. scenario that <laughs> i can't believe it didn't like naturally casually come up as like like even just talking to other like friends like mm-hmm. it's a normal thing to talk about i'm surprised yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, also what we're saying when you like you saw a text from the ex from high school. I don't know how far away you guys are from high school. So that also, you know, we don't know if y'all are like, you know, 22 or 32. And so it can kind of change. that. And also, as you were saying, George, like, what is the text to the ex? Is it just like think like if you're reading thinking of you or like miss you? That doesn't have to be romantic or sexual. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. But again, well, you you found. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. If I like, I'm uh, in contact with one of my ex girlfriends because we were in a band together, and you know, sometimes stuff like that still comes up. Uh huh. We're like putting the stuff on Bandcamp or whatever, right? And I'm yes. It, it can be good. 
if I sent her an, a text or an email that said miss you, that would be fucked up. No, it would be very fucked up. But the thing is, y'all also don't communicate often. Like, you don't have her number, do you? <laughs> I don't. I actually don't know. But like, well, 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 how convenient. But that, don't but, know. But, but I will tell number. you that that's because I don't know the last time I texted her. Exactly right. though. So but these but are that, people who are in communication to the point where they like texting. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. But but no, I'm saying like, there's a difference between like, hey, can you send me X's phone number, Y's phone number, or whatever, versus miss miss you to me is over the line. That's way over. See, the line. See, I think it can be read in different ways. Like if you, you know, when you talk about. You know, and George, you kind of talked about this when you have a relationship with somebody where like y'all were so part of each other's lives or so part mm-hmm. of each other's like coming of age where it's like, yeah, yeah. I know you or you're a person where it's like, sure. trust me, it can, it can go either way. I'm not saying it's good. What I guess I'm trying to because we don't know the type of text he saw and how the words can be interpreted. I would from I thought it was something like sexual from the way like the despair yeah. in his voice. I thought it was like very, like obvious kind of like oh he's obviously cheating on me and I get I'm just kind of like if you see it like to me if you see a text that you have any doubt about and you don't immediately feel comfortable going to your partner and asking what's going on that's the issue. It, no matter what Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the text can be literally like come over here and have sex with me, <laughs> but it can be such a relationship that you can be like, wait, did he just text it? And then the other person will be like, yeah, we're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> that can literally be that can literally be healthier than if the text is harmless, but you feel so insecure I about see. it that you don't totally. say anything. Yes, absolutely. I have never texted my ex-girlfriend once. <laughs> okay. well, absolutely. He went into his history. Absolutely. Um <laughs> Um, but oh, okay. Here's a question for both of you, though. Have you ever looked at your partner's texts without them knowing? Have you ever taken the phone and just did a little scroll? <sighs> and <I've, laughs> um, okay. Uh, I I was I've been on his. I used to use his computer to use Photoshop, and his mm-hmm. texts would be on there. And sometimes oh. I'd do a little peek to be like, "What's he talking about?" Yeah, that's Which the first thing I did, I did when I got an iPhone. I said, uncouple that shit. You ain't popping up <laughs> on my screen, honey. I need some privacy. And I did feel bad about it, but yeah. also it was fine. And also we are communicative, so it was weird. I was more like, sometimes, I'm just like, what are you like when, <laughs> like when I'm not there? Like, it's more like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. George, have you? I think similarly, like if it pops up, like okay. we use a computer to like watch TV. And so I see the text coming in. Okay. Um, I never have. Like, I actually, it's funny. I actually don't want to. Like, I, I don't think I do. I don't yeah. never looked no. at my text once. Like, if I'm sitting next to you, I might just like look sure. over your shoulder. Sure. But I've never taken your phone and sure. like flip through it. I, I know the code. You know what I mean? I have. Yeah. The yeah, we do, we I have, do the have each other's codes. But I just haven't really. Because it's also like. I don't want to see you talk no shit about me. Well, or see, I don't, I don't really do that. But also, it's the, some of the most boring texts you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's either bits or it's just like, so we're meeting here. It's, There's yeah. nothing emotional or nor or like I would say normal. <laughs> There's nothing normal um, in the sense that yeah. like it's nothing human in this. It's just like <laughs> nonsense jokes and like uh, you know logistics, logistics. Right, 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 right. I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the long, I mean, our way of saying you need to talk to him immediately. Yeah, it's just there needs to be conversation and there needs to be honesty and trust. Absolutely. And trust. And, honey, the way the conversation goes will help you answer all the other questions. Yeah. 
Sam, Sam, you've got this. Sam, tell Sam he's got this. You've got this, Sam. From one Sam to another, you've got this. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. I was going to make the joke right at the beginning uh, when I heard his voice. I was like, oh, this is me. And then he <laughs> said, my name is Sam. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, we are here at the end of the show. George, what did you have for lunch that day? (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, statistically, it was either cottage cheese out of the box. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Well worth the wait. Well worth the audience on the edge of their seats for an insane answer. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese out of the box. Just like what else? We putting anything on it? There's nothing. Well, you know, if I'm eating cottage cheese, one of my favorite foods to eat, I'll do a two pieces of toast, cottage cheese, Mm. and maybe a jam, maybe Mm. an expensive blueberry jam. Aren't you hungry after that? Well, yeah. (laughs) 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 It was more. That's more of like a late breakfast type thing. Sure. Okay. 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 Sure. Just to tide you over. Eleven a.m. Yes, that's over. an eleven a, classic eleven a.m. snack. Classic yeah. eleven a.m. snack. George I, Sam, what I had uh, I had leftover. <laughs> Wait, did I get to Wait, go? Was that for today? That's not what I had today. No, but just a general right that, like yeah, a year yeah, ago yeah. when we talked. Today, in fact, was a sad day. I had a full Annie's mac and cheese, a bowl of a full bowl of Annie's mac and cheese for lunch. Well, that's nice. That really takes me back to college. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> it's like cheese. not something I normally like. I try to actually eat pretty well, and today was not <laughs> one of those days. <laughs> Sam, your lunch? Today or a different time? Statistically. (laughs) Statistically. (laughs) Okay. Well, statistically, probably, I'm going to say tacos. All right. All right. (laughs) Vague. I don't have a... Cottage cheese and jam. (laughs) Or tacos. I mean, sorry. I do feel... Normally, my lunch is more normal. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, like, a turkey sandwich or a salad is, like, generally what I have Wow, you are healthy. That is When I'm, like, working... When I have, like, a job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very healthy. Well, okay. Now you can say it, Andy. (laughs) George. Sam. (laughs) This is a a dang delight. A uh, gosh darn delight, as I I like to say. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Truly an honor. To have the it was, it was such a pleasure. I Thank you say, so much for having us. Not to be, not to call anyone out, but I remember last time when we did the live show, we were like, "Oh, we thought this was also going on the podcast," and we were shocked when the episode never came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we I... said we've been lied to, bamboozled. So when, oh. we got, when we got this email, we were like, "Oh, finally, this is our chance to really shine." <laughs> <laughs> well, George, don't speak too soon. It hasn't been released yet. That's right. <laughs> This could be this could be the one that really does us in. <laughs> oh my god, you guys keep me young. <laughs> All right, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.